This podcast is being brought to you by the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office, Mark Petway Sheriff. Okay, first question is, everybody's going to want to know, are you guys boyfriend and girlfriend? (laughs) (laughs) You know, well, I have a... See, listen... (laughs) tell my joke first this time all right the problem with political jokes is they get elected <laughs> <laughs> you like that yeah one? about six years ago <laughs> <laughs> okay riley your turn all right Ava, how do you fix a cracked pumpkin how a pumpkin patch <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I like it. Man, um, your ears should burn all the time. I talk about you all the time. And one of our little, um, one of the funniest things said about you is Lindsay McAdore. Uh-huh. Lindsay always says, I swear to God, we're all going to be working for that kid one day. (laughs) Rylan Dempsey, the man, the myth, the legend. I want to know, first of all, how on earth? No. First of all, tell us about yourself. And then how on earth did you end up on Joe Biden's Twitter? I mean, seriously? Come on. So first of all, tell us all who you are. Well, I think something that's really important to my story and that something that gives me so much perspective is I was born in rural North Carolina. So I was born in hog country. Okay. And uh, I grew up in the Obama years. You know, I watched the Obama administration and I thought I didn't know what it was in that. But I knew when I watched from the outside looking in, I wanted a piece of that. And I couldn't pinpoint exactly what that meant, but I thought, I want good people in government. From a very young age, I knew, you know, I said, I want to be the president. Mm. And, you know, I think that evolves over life. And even to this day, you know, I'm still in between. Am I, am I a staffer or am I running for office? Mm. Uh, but what I saw in government was what I now know as public service. But I couldn't get involved in the government, right? And I'm still not old enough to be an employee of the government. <laughs> and so for this entire, my entire life, my thought has been, how do I get other people that are good people into the government? And so when someone asks me to help on their campaign, whoever it is, that's the question, is I can't vote. I can't run for office. I can't even work for you on your official side. But are you a good person and can you represent me well in government? Can you take my spot well? So I think that... that Is that not a good lead-off, dude? <laughs> now, Riley, tell everybody how old you are. Tell everybody where you go to school, all that good stuff. Well, I am 17 years old. I go to Vestavia Hills High School. I'm, a, I'm in my last year. Right. I, you are too funny over there. <laughs> it's just I always laugh when other people 
realize you're still in high school. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Lies. These are all lies. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I thought he was a, at least a college kid. No, dude. Oh, Eric didn't know? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, that's hilarious. Please Eric, continue. Eric har- hardly ever knows who's in the seat. I love surprising. No, that's awesome. Stuff. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, so like I said, when a candidate approaches, man, and that that's an evolution of a long story of, of getting to a place, and that's where I want to be, is when a candidate in Birmingham is thinking, can I run for office? Where do I turn? That I'm at some point a part of that conversation. Uh, and that's been the culmination of moving to Birmingham. I landed at Birmingham Shuttlesworth Airport not knowing a soul in this city. And the culmination... How old were you when you guys moved here? I was 11. Yeah. So my dad is a, a Baptist preacher. And we moved to Birmingham because we needed a reset. Uh, and also because there's more more opportunities. Uh, you know, I was in a really rural area, and that comes with good stuff, but it always, you know, it comes with some bad stuff too, right? There's just less opportunities. They knew that my political involvement, even at that age, I wanted, I really wanted to get involved, um, schooling, education. So we came to Birmingham. I landed 11 days before school started, so before sixth grade, <laughs> and uh, not knowing a soul. I went home, didn't have any furniture in the house. Slept on an air mattress, and uh, first thing out of the gate is I came down to Hillary Clinton's campaign headquarters and said I wanted to volunteer. <laughs> you just showed up. I showed up, and <laughs> when people talk to me, you know, I want to get involved in politics. How do you do this? How do you end up on Joe Biden's Twitter? <laughs> well, it's because showing up, you know, asking people. When you ask somebody, hey, I want to work for you, they'll do it. That's how I got to work for Mayor Woodfin. You know, you just ask. Uh, now hold on. Let's go down the line. After Hillary, then who? Who was who was your second? Vol- who'd you volunteer? Doug Jones. That's right. Which was so important. Uh huh. Learning that ground. That. Learning that ground game. Yeah. That was scrappy. And I wasn't in the war room or making key decisions on messaging or anything like that. But I knocked doors and I gave signs out and I showed up to the campaign headquarters. And just tried to meet people. Yeah. So Doug Jones, and that that was a really important one. Yeah. So that was a year after, that's right? When that's, I, that's when I first saw you. Yeah. yeah. Really. Uh huh. So Doug Jones, and it was really about building that young Democrats mm-hmm. network, which started on Hillary, mm-hmm. uh, and getting to know a lot of these young folks in Birmingham politics. So time comes around, and you know, 2018, we go through the midterms, and I'd kind of gotten involved with this high school Democrats of America. So I'm building a more of a national network. And I realized in 2019, it would be a great opportunity. you got all these people running for president that are coming to Birmingham, so I'm going to show up. And, uh, you know, Pete Buttigieg comes to Birmingham. Joe Biden comes across the street, the 16th Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren, Kamala Harris. So I had a person reach out to me from yeah, Elizabeth Warren. he was Warren's. in all of them, dude. <laughs> I just, right I just I saw an invite on Facebook and I'm like I'm going it wasn't like they called me I just showed up right so inevitably you show up enough and they think you're supposed to be there that's right so uh someone called from Elizabeth Warren's campaign and this this is a crazy jump from volunteering but it's about building that network and those connections and they said hey we want you to come to New Hampshire and work with us for Elizabeth Warren and my first thought is well I'm in eighth grade. There's no way I'm coming to New Hampshire. But 
but how flattering. But how flattering. Yeah. But I talked to my parents. And a key part of all of this is that never along the line were they prohibitive yeah. of my involvement. They always facilitated. They're not even political people. My, my dad's a pastor. My mom works in uh, labor and delivery at mm-hmm. Brookwood Hospital. They don't know anything about politics. But they were always willing to help me because they knew I wanted to know. Yeah. So I went to New Hampshire. And I went to Boston and Vermont and met all these presidential candidates and their staff. And what a small world. Still get to talk to some of those people today. Yeah. Uh, but I volunteered on the presidential campaign. And so after I come back from New Hampshire, just a few weeks later, COVID hits. And COVID for me, it opened up a totally new verse of politics because mm. it wasn't 14-year-old Rylan, intern Rylan. By the time we got a few months into COVID, it was an icon on Slack. I was another person in a messaging platform. And so they couldn't tell my age. Mm-hmm. And so there, wa- there wasn't that discrimination of, well, he needs to be an intern. Because mm-hmm. they, they didn't know. So I started as a fellow. Or I started as a volunteer. And then an intern. And then a fellow. And then by the end, I've created these really good connections with folks that are on staff right at the highest levels of the campaign. I don't think that would have been possible if I would have had to move to Philadelphia to work in a headquarters or to travel around with a candidate. But it was possible because it was from my bedroom. Yeah. Uh, so I bought a MacBook that year and had worked at a law firm and saved up and, and bought a MacBook. And, and being able to work on a campaign digitally really changed everything for me. So did the Biden campaign all virtual from home, then was asked to go... In the, in the interim, we did John Ossoff's runoff for Senate. That was awesome. That's right. Uh, I forgot. And then got hired to work on the inauguration. And that was one of the most impactful experiences on that national level. Yeah. We'll talk about the most impactful experiences to date. Yeah. Uh, but getting to work on the inauguration. So I worked in the digital department and got to communicate with the same volunteers that I had met on Warren and on Biden, and now you know, through Ossoff and at the inauguration, all the same people. Uh, and so got to work at the presidential inaugural committee, and 11 days later, Mayor Woodfin launched his campaign for mayor as re-elect, and I went to the launch, and I said, I'm coming 11 days out the inauguration. I want to be a part of your team. <laughs> and uh, it worked. The boy so, got some balls, yeah. man. <laughs> Yeah. So that has been the most impactful experience to date. Yeah. And and that's my lesson. The national stuff is awesome. And D.C. is great. And getting to meet people from across across the country is awesome. Now, I got to know you on Randall's campaign. And that's the key. I got to know people. Right. It wasn't just, you know, an occasional text message or following them on social media. Mm -hmm. We, We had fundraisers at their house. They came to our events. We saw them. You know, they knocked doors with us. They made phone calls with us in the office. I got to know people. Yeah. And that local stuff is important. And All uh, the most is important. Local. All yeah. politics is local. And uh, so I worked on the campaign and students. So I approached a campaign and I said, I think we have an opportunity here. And, and I was coming with the context. Mayor Woodfin, his the only way he really knew me was I had started the Birmingham High School Democrats. 
So years prior, I had approached him and said, hey, I want some help getting chapters into into schools. And so we had gotten small uh, chapters into Birmingham City Schools and started working with young people to get them out on the midterms and really? through the presidential. Okay. That is not something that I talk about much. Yeah. But Birmingham High School Democrats, it was it was a bit of a start, and that was a, it was context that I knew at Mayor Woodfin. So I thought, how do I approach his team with the context that they understand me in? And it was youth vote and uh, and coalition work. So I said, hey, I want to start Students for Woodfin. And I had this grand idea. We're going to have a student organizer at every high school and college around the metro area. And uh, with the help of many folks, we got that done. And we put folks inside schools that could be ambassadors for us. And over the summer, you know, they were recruiting folks to come into the school. And uh, if you can get somebody to vote that first time, a 50% chance more likely to vote in every other election beyond then. So not only was it we want to win this race, and we wanted to win this race without a runoff, we also wanted voters. We needed new voters in Birmingham. So there were mistakes made. There were things that we could have done better. But in the long run, I think that was that was so important for me. I learned so many both soft and hard skills how to write a memo, how to talk to a candidate better, how to you know, talk to a voter on the door. But I had a personal investment in that race, right? It's in my, my home, my now home, mm-hmm. uh, in my adopted city. So this was, a, this was not just flying wherever to knock on doors. These were people that I would see in restaurants and that went to my church and that, uh, you know, people like you that I, <laughs> that I now talk to and lots of different folks around the city. So... After the campaign, you know, I kind of stayed in that Woodfin verse for a little bit, and whatever Ed Fields would let me do, I did. <laughs> uh, so, you know, inauguration and some events here and there and just pitching ideas and working with them. So, And then through that work, uh, Ed introduced me to Kathy Boswell at World Games, and, and we hit it off. And so I went over to World Games in her department, Community Engagement, and got to work with her for, from March to August. Yeah. So that that's what's happening. And now I tell you, that was a, a break from politics, right? So I missed the primary cycle. So I was not really plugged on politics. That was Lily over here. Yeah. Uh, and I did miss it. Again, without being able to be in the government, I really like getting people elected to government positions. So now I'm getting to work with some of Mayor Woodfin's good friends and uh, currently working with Frank Scott, the mayor of Little Rock, Arkansas. So I just started a few weeks ago working with him, and uh, we'll see where that goes. But key lesson here is all politics are local. And what I want to do is root local but work national. I need those local roots everywhere. Mm. They're deeply rooted here, and I want to continue to grow those roots here. Uh, but for now... I think what's better is that I get to know people the same way I did on Mayor Woodfin's campaign in other cities instead of this national politics. Because in D.C., everybody's a hot shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to get to know people and go to cities. And so I think you know, what we learned through COVID is that your mayor is so vitally important to your life. Mm-hmm. They pave your roads. 
They employ your police department. They make sure your schools are protected. So many other things, capital improvements and infrastructure and working with the federal government. So important. So that's where I put my head, is making sure that we have good local electeds here, but also doing that across the country. When do you turn 18? April 2023. Hello, I'm just going to share with Mark Petway. I need your help. Sadly, many individuals and families in our county are being devastated by domestic violence. Domestic violence is wrong. Love shouldn't hurt. Speak up, stand up. Together we can prevent domestic violence. If con is the opposite of pro, then Congress is the opposite of progress. (laughs) Your turn. (laughs) Okay. Why did VPD arrest a painting? Why? Because it was framed. (laughs) (laughs) Politicians and diapers have one thing in common. They should both be changed regularly, regularly, and for the same reason. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, what does G stand for? My middle name it yeah. stands for Grace. We have Lillian Grace Myrick joining us. Now, if you've never met Lily, she is the sweetest person you ever met. And let me tell you how I met Lily. Do you remember how I met you? I remember. I was going to tell you. You can do it. <laughs> you were sitting at the desk at the campaign. At, mm-hmm. at 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 uh, Randall's campaign, and I came in, and I I forgot I was getting a shirt or something, and she was just so sweet, and so I met her the second time. Where I'm going with this is the first three times I met her, she acted like she didn't remember me the last time. Wait, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, how do you see that happening? So the first time I met Iva, I was sitting at the front desk in Mayor Woodfin's campaign headquarters. Yeah. And Iva walks in, and if you don't know, our campaign headquarters was right next to the um, Alabama Peanut Company. Right. So he walks in with a bag of peanuts, and he <laughs> hands them it. he hands them across the desk, and he says, take some. Like, no, hey, just take some. So I, I take, like, two, because stranger danger, clearly. <laughs> and he, he goes, take some more, take some more. So I take, like, two more. I hand them back. I'm like, hey, do you mind signing in? Because you didn't even introduce yourself. And you came for an entire box of yard signs, which was like 100 yard signs. <laughs> That's right. That's and I was right. the only one there. So I was like, yeah, I guess you can have them. <laughs> as long as you put them in people's yards, you know. Um, and I'm sure that he did. But um, And there's still one up front. Yeah. Lily, um, introduce yourself. Talk to us like we've never met you. All right? Okay. Where were you born? Where did you go to elementary school? All the way up to where are you going next week? <laughs> okay. Well, I was born in Birmingham, and I've lived in and around Birmingham my entire life. Uh, my family is here. Five generations of my family are from Birmingham. Okay. Yeah. Um, I went to elementary school at Grantswood Elementary, Um and I went through that feeder system 
um, I was zoned to go to Shades Valley High School, but I actually ended up going to um, Jefferson County International Baccalaureate School. Okay. So that's a charter school that um, is funded by the Jefferson County Department of Education. Um, mm-hmm. They teach the IB curriculum, which is a comprehensive curriculum that includes not just um, academic learning, but focuses on building character and building international mindedness in its students. Um, and then I applied to college last year um, and was accepted to George Washington University, which is where I'm going next Saturday. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm majoring in political communication. Yeah. Um, tell us your campaign work, first of all. Okay. Um, well, there there are a ton of different things along the way, I would say, but um, I always kind of say that politics found me more so than I found politics. Um, How? Well, okay, Mayor Stewart is the mayor of Irondale, and I live right. in Irondale now. Um, but before that, we had another mayor, and I personally viewed him as a little bit ineffectual, that he hadn't, he wasn't really community-focused. Um, okay. I thought Mayor Stewart would be a great candidate, reached out to his campaign and got a yard sign and put it in my front yard. Um, and I went to bed that night, woke up the next morning, the yard sign was gone, and I thought someone stole it, but my mom took it out of our front yard. Um, and I said, Mom, like, why did you do that? I, I said, like, I can't vote for Mayor Stewart, but you can, and all of our neighbors should. Um, but she said, Lily, all of our neighbors are older white Republicans, and I don't want them to confront me about supporting a black progressive candidate. Wow. Um, and they definitely would. But mm-hmm. so we fought, we went back and forth about this yard sign. I think I put it out there probably 10 times, <laughs> and she would remove it, like, Every single day. <laughs> but eventually I I said, okay, you know what? I can handle this. So I went to all of my neighbors' houses on my block and knocked on their front door and asked them to support Mayor Stewart. And I mean, I don't know who they voted for, but they told me that they would support him um, and taught, him, taught them a little bit about Mayor Stewart's platform, why I thought that our previous mayor um, was not a good candidate for re-election. Um, and Mayor Stewart ultimately won and is now the mayor and is up for re-election soon. And how soon. old were you then? This this was early 2020, so I was 15, 16. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love this? Okay, keep going. Yeah, okay. Um, there were a couple things in between that, but, I mean, obviously the main story is Mayor Woodfin's campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, I So during high school, I decided to spend each summer doing a different thing, Um with the hope of finding something that I was passionate about. So the first summer I um, was an intern at a local hospital. The next summer I did tax law uh, and then politics. Um, The summer after my junior year, which was last summer. um, So I reached out to Rylan and wanted to get involved on Mayor Stewart's campaign, I mean, (laughs) Mayor Woodfin's campaign. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he said, yes. And just, it's been history ever since we, um, Knocked doors together in Glen Iris. Um, actually knocked on <laughs> Counselor Valerie Abbott's door, who I had no idea who that was at the time. Um, <laughs> you got to tell story. us his story. Oh, well, I mean, I don't want to say too much, but, I mean, we, we pull up to the house. So it was the circle in Glen Iris. I think mm-hmm. it's Glen Iris Park, and we knocked all of those doors. Um, and we get to the house, and Marilyn goes, this is Valerie Abbott's house. And I wasn't about to tell him that I didn't know who that was. <laughs> So I was like, oh, okay, okay. We knock on the door. She didn't answer the door, unfortunately. So we left her um, a piece of literature on her door, and 
I hope we got her vote. <laughs> I'm sure we did. Um, and then I, he, he told me a little bit about her, showed me a picture, still had no clue, but I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay, went home, Googled her, you know. <laughs> now I think she's a great city councilor, and I know a lot more about her now than I did then. Yeah. Um, and then, so Mayor Whitman, after that, I reached out to Neil Rafferty, who was an incumbent state legislature, legislator in um, the Alabama House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. He represents uh, District 54, which, in my opinion, is one of the most diverse districts for the state house in Birmingham. Um, it stretches, I like to say it's like District 5, District 2, the city council districts. Um, so it's a little bit of downtown, stretches right over Avondale um, into Crestwood, but it also stretches as far as East Thomas. So it's pretty diverse in terms of constituents. Um, Mm -hmm. Neil is the only openly LGBTQ state legislator in Alabama, Mm -hmm. um, something that became especially relevant with some of the legislation that was passed this year, Mm -hmm. um, including what's colloquially colloquially known as the bathroom bill. Um, So I reached out to Neil um, and I said, hey, I would love to get involved on your campaign. I read a little bit about your platform and I see myself aligning with that. Um, so he said, yeah, sure. Let's meet for coffee and talk about it. And we did. And I spent eight months working with Neil to get him reelected. Um, he had two primary challengers, um, in the democratic primary and he won with 59% of the vote. Um, what was it like working with Neil? Isn't he the best? He's the best. He's so sweet. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, we really accomplished a lot on that campaign, um, I will say it was a totally different experience than Mayor Woodfin's campaign. Um, In terms, I mean, municipal government is different from state-level government. Right. Um, I I think state legislatures have so much power and influence over everyday life. The first time I went to Montgomery um, to shadow Neil, Rylan actually came and we spent the day with him. And on the drive back, I said, oh, I didn't like that at all. I didn't think, I don't think that's for me. Um, but I actually. I was, I asked you that um, a few weeks ago. Yeah. When you told me about um, GW, mm-hmm. I asked you if you wanted to run for office one day. And you were like, <laughs> no, no, I just want to do communications. Is that still the case? Well, I mean, similar to Rylan, you know, I don't know everything about how my life will play out, um, maybe run for office, but I definitely think that I'm in a pretty unique position to continue staffing candidates um, and working on policy. I So on Mayor Whiffin's campaign, I handled constituent requests, um, people who would reach out to the campaign. A lot of it was really things that should have been funneled through city government, so we worked uh, with the Community Resource Services Department to handle those concerns, but um, a lot of that involved direct communication with constituents about things that were problems to them, including potholes, um, houses that were blighted or um, overgrown lots, things like that. Um, And I always say that people don't stop caring about the pothole that's preventing them from leaving their driveway or the overgrown lot next door that's causing bugs and animals to come into their house just because the mayor got reelected. Um, so, you know, I continue to advocate for some of those citizens, um, within city and state government. Um, 
So I think I'm in a pretty unique position to continue working on behalf of those citizens and making sure that we are really improving the quality of life in Birmingham and especially in Alabama. Um, one example is broadband access, which is the reason Rylan was on Joe Biden's Twitter um, yeah. because students in Alabama, especially in rural communities, but also in urban communities, lack access to Wi-Fi and internet at home. And it's impossible to improve schools without tackling those challenges because um, learning continues outside of the classroom. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe run for office, but I'm not sure yet. Hello, this is Jefferson County Sheriff Mark Petway, inviting you to join the conversation that we've started around bridging the gap to build communities that are safe and well-connected. Let's all work together to ensure that Jefferson County is a safe place for all who call it home. I call them my babies, right? But I probably shouldn't. <laughs> what do you think about my babies? I would like to say publicly since this will air. <laughs> that I, I, I asked Ryland to ensure that I would have a job. <laughs> right. That he would give me a job when he is president of the United States. In all seriousness, you know, we br we bring a lot of people through here, right? We, we are Birmingham. That's that's our hashtag. Yeah, our Birmingham. And it's it, it's the ability for us to humanize those that are public facing. Mm -hmm. Is the sentence I gave it to and to someone earlier today actually, cuz I tend to be long-winded. I said I'm going to do it in a sentence. Now, what I see here is the future of Birmingham and the future of America. I want you both Absolutely. to know that in each of you, Absolutely. I see so much talent. And f whether you realize it or not, you have so much, and I told you this already, you as well, you have so much here. I'm pointing to my head. Y'all can't see me. <laughs> you have so much here, but so much here in your heart. Never lose sight of that. And I promise you are the future of so many things that you've yet to realize. What's your favorite charity right now? I would say the Firehouse Shelter is my favorite charity. Tell us about Firehouse. The Firehouse Shelter, so they serve um, homeless males in the city of Birmingham, and I mean from other places, but primarily in the city of Birmingham. Uh, they recently built a new shelter, which was a collaborative effort between their executive director, Anne, and the city of Birmingham and other government agencies um, across the state. And Anne has dedicated her life to revolutionizing how Birmingham thinks about caring for the unhoused. And the Firehouse Shelter is truly the cornerstone of the Central Alabama continuum of care. That was for free, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Riley, your turn. What's your favorite charity? Well, let me tell you. Working on the campaign, you know, we figure out what are what are these awesome community organizations, and, and one thing that I'm so proud of is the Birmingham Promise. Yeah. And and something that people don't talk about, but is as equally, if not more important, than the tuition piece is the internship program. And what it does, I is, always say they leave out workforce development, that's but right. way to go. That's the right. internship part. The internship Please. part. Yes. And and that's the word workforce development. It's so important that we bring in talent from outside of the city, right? You've got some really talented people that organizations are trying to recruit right now. But we also have to work on harvesting who we've got now. And I think that's what the promise is for, is they're taking young folks, people that I've got to work with on the campaign, lots mm -hmm. of those uh, 
students. And they're creating the relationship with the business. So that the, when they go to you know, A&M or ASU or Bama or wherever they go, they come back and they have the foundational relationship with the company that they're ready to jump right back in four years later. Or if they don't go to college, you know, they continue to work with these community organizations. So the tuition piece is important. It's the most popular part of it. Right. But the internship program is, is really, really vital to the city's growth and harvesting the talent that we've got. So that's my favorite. Birmingham Promise, specifically the internship program. Sweet. Well, I'm not going to make you guys make any donations. You just got to answer the questions. All right. <laughs> or, or I'm going to throw you in the pool or something like that. Okay. All right. All right. Lily, Regions Park or Rickwood Field? Oh, gosh. I would probably say Regions Park just because I've spent more time there. Ryland, Botanical Gardens or Railroad Park? Railroad Park. Why? The community. Okay. Lily, Protective Stadium or Legacy Arena? Oh, gosh. Um, they're both incredible, but I've spent, I've had a lot of good USFL days at Protective Stadium, so <laughs> okay. I'll say Protective. Rylan, Crossplex or Legion Field? Legion Field. Okay. Lily, Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center? Oh, I would say the zoo. I love the zoo. Okay. Rylan, Sloss Furnace or Vulcan Park? Well, now, come on. I, I, I helped manage Sloss Furnace for the World Games, so Sloss Furnace is absolutely. Lily, Alabama Theater or Lyric Theater? Oh, gosh. I would say Alabama. Okay. Rylan? Civil Rights Institute or Le Negro League Museum? BCRI, Civil Rights Institute. All right. Lily, Biggie or Tupac? Oh, probably Biggie. I just love her. <laughs> she watches the show. <laughs> she knows you. <laughs> Rylan, Michael Jackson or Prince? Well, Michael Jackson. Okay. Lily, Birmingham Barons or Birmingham Squadron? Oh, the Squadron is awesome. So I would say the Squadron. <laughs> Ryland, Birmingham Legion or Birmingham Stallions? Well, now, Clayton Humphreys, we got to go with Birmingham you Legion. You got to go with the <laughs> yeah, Legion. We gotta go with the <laughs> I got to tell you this. I, you know, just so proud of, you know, just the. Even thinking about it, you know, I'm going to do the Legion and, you know, here's my angle and, you know, this is what I want to do with them. And do you know who the first congratulations I got? It was from Ryland. <laughs> he was like, hey, I heard you're going to be working with my friend Clayton Humphreys. I was like, is this kid not everywhere? I swear to God. So, um. Shout out to Clay Dog that one. Where were we? Oh, Lily. Alabama or Auburn? Okay, that's not fair to make me go on record <laughs> for that one. <laughs> but roll tide. Roll tide. And Ryland, Alabama State or AM? AM. EJ, our man. <laughs> <laughs> great one, great one, great one. Now, the path untraveled, right? 
we know you guys are completely focused. Um, I love that fact about you. But what if, you know what I'm saying? Like, what was that little thing that was nagging at you other than politics? What What's the road untraveled? Lily, what would you do? What would you be doing? Where would you be going? What direction would you go in if it wasn't politics? Probably law, I would say. Okay. Still not 100% off the table. Um, okay. But probably law. I had a great internship um, for six years at a tax law firm here in Birmingham, and that was so cool to see the impact they have on the community. Um, maybe not tax law, namely, not that great with numbers, but yeah. um, but they have they have such an impact here and are at the forefront of helping people in Birmingham. Ryland? Well, between my first and second terms as president, I was, uh, <laughs> as, as a little kid, I was Dr. Ryland. Okay. Doctor, yeah, Dr. medical Ryland. doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to... When I was little, I would follow my dad around, and go to pastoral care visits, and so we would go to hospitals all the time. And you know, I saw people at their worst moments, their best moments. So being in a hospital, that that was uh, that was something cool that I really wanted as a as a as a little kid. But politics it is, and now I know you know I can work on health policy and and yeah. other things that can help folks in hospitals. But I'd be a doctor, Doctor Ryland. All right, send us your shout outs. Give you, I, you have to say, well, no, I'm gonna send a shout out to your mom. Mm. She is just so sweet. Who else you want to send a shout out to? Man? Well, let's see. At the city, we got to hit Amelia Muller. Okay. Okay. Do you know Amelia? No. Amelia is someone, the first time I went to City Hall after the campaign, of all people that Ed Fields could have taken me around to see, he took me to see Amelia. And Amelia had worked in politics and went to Harvard and is a civic design principal at the city. And so she's working on all these really alternative programs the city's working on, so uh, trying to eliminate food deserts. And she's working on this Embrace Mothers uh, Guaranteed Income Project with the city. So at the city, it's got to be Amelia. Now, I've name-dropped Ed Fields a lot, so i got to give him a little <laughs> shout-out here. I think you know, his entertaining my desire to be involved in the city uh, I am you know, forever in debt to to that work, and and he you know taught me it's it's bigger than one person. It's not just the mayor, but there's you know thousands and thousands of city employees that I can engage with and, and get good stuff done. Uh, gosh, I mean, I've got teachers that you know. I the first time I I saw Air Force One in person was back in March, and uh, we were at Maxwell Air Force Base, and I went back. And was wielding some M&Ms, presidential M&Ms, and took them to some of my favorite <laughs> teachers. And, uh, yeah, I told one of my teachers, who is just a, an incredible storyteller and a message uh, creator, that I hope that one day that we, we can descend those stairs. Uh, and, and I don't say that much, but I know people like to say a lot on this show. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, his name is Mr. Sennett, and he's meant a lot to me in kind of figuring out who I am and how I tell that story. So I'll give him a little shout out, my teacher. Lily. Okay, I have two people for you. And the first one is EJ Turner. Come on. Of <laughs> <Yeah>. course. <laughs> I love EJ. Um, I always say 
that there are, are pretty few JCIB success stories, or maybe I'm just not aware of that many, but EJ is absolutely one. Mm-hmm. Um, Rylan and I were talking about the campaign team the other day, and we didn't even mention EJ because he fits so well in the mayor's office that, I mean, it just totally slipped my mind that he <laughs> was at the campaign. But right. EJ has always been an advocate for me and a friend um, in rooms but where nobody else has, to be honest with you. So I love EJ, and I'm so grateful for him. Um, and then another person is Alice Williams, um, who's the deputy oh, director yes. of the City of Birmingham Community Resource Services Division. Alice has such a heart for the community, um, but in a kind of no BS way, you know, um, she's so focused on making Birmingham a better place for its citizens and improving the quality of life um, by tackling those issues head on, such as potholes, blight, overgrown lots. Um, So I love Alice and I'm also so grateful for her. Ladies and gentlemen the future of Birmingham when we were sitting back here waiting for you guys Danielle Hines and for you those who don't know who Danielle is she's the owner here at Creed and um, just let me take a second to say how much I love and appreciate her without her support without her encouragement without her legal assistance this wouldn't be here but anyway Danielle came back and she said my favorite two Whitfin um, what did she say volunteers are here like you guys have no idea the impact you have made on people that you touch and that's why you're here today Yes, sir. I just, I don't, I don't speak anymore, guys, on podcasts. We have a rule about that. I can't talk, but I had to get this in. Danielle and I have a pick on me because I get so excited. It's like, oh, it's the mayor and it's Nick Sellers. Like, oh, cool. These are like rock stars. At the end of the day, they're just normal people. Mm -hmm. The most excited I have been for a recording, and I'm not just saying this, and he knows me well enough to know I'm telling the truth, is you two. I want to thank them for coming. I want to thank you for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63, R360News, and UrbanHam.com. God bless. This podcast has been brought to you by Jefferson County Sheriff's Office.